Welcome to our first episode of Low Muck, a tiny slice of the Muck podcast where we talk to people in the media about their favorite political true crime story. I'm Tina Jaramillo. And I'm Hillary Doherty. Hillary, tell us about today's guest. Well, we are very grateful to be joined today by our first guest, Brittany Wallman. Brittany has been a journalist with the Sun Sentinel here in South Florida since 1991. As part of the paper's investigative team, Brittany shared in the 2019 Pulitzer Prize win for public service. Tina, there's a Pulitzer Prize winner sitting on the phone right now. I know. It's, it's crazy. beyond exciting. <laughs> <laughs> the articles that they wrote were about exposing the failings by school and law enforcement officials before uh, and after the deadly shooting rampage at Marjorie's. Stillman Douglas High School. So welcome, Brittany Wallman. Thank you. I'm so happy to be your first guest on the mini. Yeah. Yes. We're, yes. We're, so we were thinking about names just before this, and we came up with Lil Muck, because Lil's so fun. Yes. I like that. Lil. <laughs> <laughs> so, bitsy bitsy. Yeah. <laughs> so why don't, you, um, why don't you tell us a little bit about why you wanted to become a journalist? What was your inspiration for going into this work? Well, I really wanted to be a heart surgeon, but the math was way too hard. So I, <laughs> <when> I, <laughs> so I dropped calculus and said, you know, I've always loved writing and it's like, it's not like work. I love it. And so, um, you know, I, I majored in journalism and never looked back. Oh, I love it. And yeah. I, I can connect with you on that math piece. I'm homeschooling and <laughs> regularly failing fourth grade math oh, <laughs> with my, painful. my son. It is. I'm yeah. trying to do, you know, fractions for third grade. It's not, it's not working. It's not working out. <laughs> so can you tell us a little bit um, about what it was like winning the Pulitzer for public service? Well, it was, you know, we had really mixed emotions about it. Honestly, we, the newsroom had, um, won a Pulitzer before I wasn't part of it, but and that was just so gleeful. It was about speeding cops. Mm. But this time, when the announcement came, I mean, everyone just burst into tears oh. because um, it was so painful um, covering that story. Uh, it, it just it still is painful. There, as you know, it was just there was so much heartache, and we grew to be um, really immersed in in like the world of the family members and, and everything. And um, so when we won, we felt so great that we could do something positive, uh, you know, because we have such a small staff now, everybody's had, you know, their newsroom flashed. Mm -hmm. So that just made it extra awesome. And we had so much support from the Parkland families. Um, they really wanted to see us win also because we were fighting against the school district and the sheriff's office and, um, you know, the FBI and everybody that had dropped the ball. So it, yes. it was just, it was incredible. Oh, that's amazing. It is amazing, but it is a heart wrenching story and oh. it doesn't seem to end. Yeah. It always comes up now in, yeah. in policy, know. you know, Tallahassee's always going on about it in one way or the other. It's, it just never seems yeah. to end. Um, so you have two superstar reporters in your family. You're married to Bob Norman, who's a pretty big, <laughs> yeah. he's a big deal in South Florida. Um, I remember following his work in the new times and, uh, of course at channel 10, uh, what's it like to have two reporters in the family? Is it hard for your kids? Are you always investigating them? <laughs> yeah. Well, anytime something's going on in their lives that sounds intriguing, if we start asking follow-up questions, then they're like, do not 
post this on Twitter. Yeah. You know, or, <laughs> Uh, you know, they'll call my principal about this. <laughs> oh, um, love it. But one other thing I've noticed is that um, because my husband was went from, you know, print to TV, um, people all just have this, the general public thinks that TV is like what we all aspire to. Mm. And that, you know, hey, maybe one day you can be on TV too. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, um, I'll, be, I'll stay behind the keyboard. Thank you. Oh, I like that. <laughs> um, okay, so... We have covered um, Fort Lauderdale before on the podcast. The first episode I did, Kathy and Jeff Willett, was probably was around the time you started at Sunset Knoll, right? It was like 1990 uh, yeah. around that time. Yeah. yeah. Well, I started in 98, actually. I graduated oh, okay. in 91, and I was at the news press in Fort Myers then. Hmm. Okay. So then yeah. you came over from the sleepy town of Fort Myers to the very exciting <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yes, Broward but County. I remember all of that. Oh, yeah. Yes. So great scandal. Oh, so yeah. good. Um, so because that involved the vice mayor of Fort Lauderdale, you also covered um, the the Fort, the mayor of Fort Lauderdale, uh, Jim Noggle, and all of yeah. the homophobic comments and all the things that happened with him. Will you tell us a little bit about that story? Yeah. Wow. Um, that was one of those situations that really tests your you know relationships with sources. As a reporter, I had covered. Noggle for years and he was one of those mayors that I mean he called me every day Um, he was he was a full-time mayor he was always in the office he let me search anything on his desk Um, he would plant you know he would put stuff at the top of the stack that he wanted me you know (laughs) and um, and so I really appreciated how he he loved you know to see scandals uncovered and and stuff like that. So he was really useful. But at the same time, he was one of those, um, you know, you can't really get elected here without being a Democrat in Broward County. Mm -hmm. And so he always, um, you know, had the Democrat label, but really was this super conservative. And um, he uh, was making these comments about, he was saying that they should get this robotic toilet at the beach that only like the door flies open after you know 30 seconds or something and that it would keep gay men from having sex in the bathroom Jeez. and um you know he often said stuff that people rolled their eyes but um you know he really repeated he kind of dug in on this and he was calling this parking lot um he was referring to it as like the rainbow beach it was the gay beach at Fort Lauderdale and then he was saying um well I don't call them gay I call them homosexual because they're not gay they're they're unhappy yeah yeah um yeah. Oh, right yeah. so I was like oh. I went to my editor and I was like I don't know what exactly to do with this you know and um he was like well why don't you you know put together a bunch of his he made a lot of uh, really right-wing statements and so the story kind of got into how he um, had raised a lot of eyebrows with the different things he said about, um, you know, that people could afford housing if they weren't lazy and sitting on a couch and, wow. you know, that kind of thing. Oh um, so, but, you know, it's just a story that I could have done or not done, you know, and man, it just like that. I think it, you know, people had always had an inkling that novel might, uh, not be a friend to the gay community. And when that ran, it just ignited this huge, I not see it coming, 
um, movement. I mean, they had like rallies and they had toilet paper that said flush noggle. It was on wow. the national news How that, incredible. you know, Fort Lauderdale, this very gay friendly place has a homophobic mayor. And um, he really never talked to me again, um, mm. you know, but it was, I think it was a good, it was a very transformational moment for Fort Lauderdale and um, in just sort of, you know, who, it, who are we and what, you know, are we inclusive or not and that sort of thing. Um, but um, he, I think he, you know, it definitely um, stained his legacy. And so I don't think he ever forgave me for that. I mm. mean, he, you know, he was anti-development. People loved him for that. There were a lot of things that, that you know, I kind of feel bad in a way that that is what he became known for. Um, but, you know, it was considered hate speech, I guess. Yeah, listen, right. do not feel bad about this because it's that kind of reporting that tells people we, we need to know who these elected officials are. Yes. You know, and, yeah. if we don't find out, like, I know what you mean, like, personally, I get it. But, like, I almost feel like maybe he always felt this way, but he seemed bolstered by... Like one of your articles had that he had re he gave you the 6,400 emails he had received from all of these people supporting him. And he was responding to them with like, good to hear from a happy breeder. Like he was totally <laughs> emboldened, you know, by these yes. emails and people. That's and that's what true. happens when you come out and you're you have this hate speech. Then all of a sudden you're saying it's OK because I'm the mayor. I can say these things. and It makes everybody else think it's OK, you know, and right. it's that's true. It was very hurtful. Uh, to a lot of people that yes. considered him a friend and didn't realize, you know, that he, he felt that way. And, um, and just how incredible that that your work became a catalyst for people to uh, make a change and demand yeah, accountability. Better. I mean, that that's so powerful. Yeah. Well, it's, it's just such an interesting case because a lot of things that we do as journalists that, you know, bring about change or whatever are, you know, stuff that, of course, we covered it because it, you know, it was breaking news or whatever. But this was really one where nobody else was going to be writing about it. And I, it was just one where I sat down with the editor and was like, I feel like we should report this stuff, but <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you know, like, how should we present this? And yeah. I knew that he would be you know, really upset about it. Um, but it just seemed, you know, like the right thing to do, which, which it was. Yeah. yeah and sure. then also like, look, who's the mayor now We have the first gay mayor for Lauderdale. That's a huge, that was a huge deal. Um, exactly. You know, he so. was in my original story. Dean Trentalis, who's now the mayor was a commissioner at the time on that commission. I was wondering if, oh. that, if that was the case. <laughs> yes. Isn't that and amazing? I quoted him in that story. Yeah. That was like, 13 years ago or something. Yeah, it's wow. amazing. Um, what a difference yeah, that right. makes now. What One election, yes. you know, or two elections, because I think Jack Seiler was between the two of them. So, yeah. you know, yeah. you have, it's it's incredible. Um, it is amazing. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, Broward and our sheriff's office, we have so much fun in Broward with our sheriff's office. From oh, my like, gosh. From like Ken I think Jenny. that office is hacked. It's, it's, it is. We have an interesting history of sheriff. Yeah. So, like, I think of, um, I think Nick Navarro was the uh, sheriff when I was a yeah. kid. And then you have, um, of course, Ken Jenny had his tax evasion problems. Yes. Scott Israel. And he went to prison. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and then Scott Israel. Um, yeah. You know, with, um, with all the, um, Scott Israel with all the, um, 
the being removed from office yes, now uh, yeah. you know, yeah. because of Parkland. And then and then, of course, here we are now today with Gregory Tony, who seems to me like, you know, seem to be running an OK campaign. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's hard when you're placed in the office, right? Like he was placed there yeah. by Governor DeSantis and then had to decide, am I going to run for this seat or not? And then, then decided now he's going to run for Broward Sheriff. Um, and now right. in the last week, we've gotten two huge bombshells come out about, about Gregory Tony, Sheriff Tony. Yes. Um, so, and you've written some stories about that. Do you want to tell us a little bit about, about, um, what's going on with him? Yeah, sure. I mean, it, it was really mind blowing, um, because he was appointed and he seemed, you know, no one had really ever heard of him. He wasn't right. even yeah. in law enforcement anymore at the time. Um, and but he was from the right part of the county and, you know, said all of the right things. And, and it has just come out that he did not reveal that he had killed someone when he was 14. And mm. he had been um, it charged uh, originally as an adult and um, he had faced trial as a juvenile and he was acquitted. Um, but he had left that off of, you know, when you apply in law enforcement, they, they do specifically ask, you know, have you had anything expunged or sealed? You, have you ever been charged or detained or arrested? Right. And he said no to all of those things. And, um, and then, you know, a couple of days later, um, after this revelation came out, um, photos emerged of him and his wife um, at a swinger club in Miami. Um, she's topless in a lot of the photos and um he's in this little bikini yeah boy short it's a very type small of thing. it's very small baby yeah it's very very small he's very you know fit and muscular and in yeah. fact he he was um the way that he found his way to be sheriff is he worked out at a gym yes with the father of meadow pollock who was killed at marjorie stoneman douglas and and Andy Pollock had introduced him to the governor and the rest of history. So, yes, we know he works out. Um, <laughs> but um, so these, it's just amazing, um, you know, how, I mean, when he got in office, he really had everything in his favor because there was so much, um, you know, people were so upset about what happened. Mm-hmm. with the Parkland shooting and they wanted to blame someone and they felt like Israel's leadership had failed. And, mm-hmm. you know, whether you believe that or not, I mean, people wanted to see someone's head on a platter and that is one of, you know, the people who, um, you know, ended up losing their job. But um, now it is just a barrage against uh, Sheriff Tony. And um, the story itself is not, um, I mean, it's not like a manslaughter situation. Right. Like he shot this person multiple times. I don't know, five five times in the head and chest. I just um, um so I'm, I'm just so surprised that it it wasn't vetted. You know, even though he puts no on an application, the fact that there's no checking into someone's background. Yeah. Well, That's I would even the me. FBI didn't. I mean, he had been checked. I'm I, sure that the governor probably yeah. thought, well, this guy was a cop. Like, yeah, from, yeah. You know? I was thinking, too, about, because he's had some problems with the union in the last couple of months. And I was thinking, too, exactly. that, you know, he he just had this no confidence vote, which Scott Israel, I think, as well, had had a no confidence vote from the union. But, yeah. um, you know, 
I don't know where this information is coming from, but is it possible that it's, I mean, I know sources probably won't be leaked or whatever, but like, is it possible that it could be tied to his trouble because he's been running for a while and then oh, now yeah. all of a sudden, yeah. you know what I mean? Which isn't that exactly how politics works. I right. mean, you, they say, you know, keep your, your friends close and your enemies closer. <laughs> and I think he may, he made that, that fatal mistake of, um, not only clashing with the union, which is pretty easy to do, but then he um, suspended the union chief. Yes, yeah. Um, which is, that's a little dangerous territory. And then shortly thereafter, you know, and everyone was combing his background anyway because he's, you know, because former Sheriff Israel is running and yeah. he has a lot of allies that would like to see him put back in. That's a very powerful office because yeah. they have a huge budget and a lot of employees. Um but I did interview the sheriff uh, about the shooting um, on Sunday. Mm. And, um, you know, I don't know. He says he doesn't remember. He was 14. I'm sure it was very um, traumatic. Um, but, uh, you know, we're continuing to look into what happened because the police report says that, you know, the shooting took place on, you know, they lived in this terrible neighborhood the badlands part mm. of philadelphia so he you know comes from a really rough neighborhood lots of um crack dealing and um you know it's open air drug dealing um and he he said he had witnessed a lot of violence he a friend of his young kid got shot in the face right mm. in front of him um you know, he has told a story at some campaign events that his mother was shot, although we don't know the details about about that. Mm. Um, so he, so that's sort of the environment that he was in. Um, and this kid, he said he was out um, in his front yard with his brother and someone else and got in an argument with this, this 18-year-old. And then he ran in the house, got his father's gun, the bullets were somewhere else in the house. Mm. Um, he said the guy chased him in the house. I mean, I said, well, why didn't you just run in the house and shut the door? You know, I mean, cause he's the whole idea is this was, it was self-defense. Right. Um, and, um, you know, he says the guy had a gun that's not in the police report. So there's just a lot of questions about it, but he, he was, you know, he, he was acquitted and it was deemed to be self-defense. So, um, you know, his whole, argument is you know it's been 27 years you can't retry uh this event i mean the right. fact that a young black man in this horrible neighborhood full you know was actually made it through the system and was acquitted right. says something right and that bit, you know made his way to law enforcement yeah, there's a part of me in this story yeah. that I feel for him in a way. It's the lying on the application, which is yeah. really going to get him in the end, yeah. I think. Right. But Don't they know, say it's, it's like not the crime, it's the cover up, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, it, and I, he probably did it in a way because he knew that he would never be hired if they knew this. But I think about a young kid in that kind yeah. of situation and, and trying to get to, into the details of it all. And he was acquitted. But, you know... All of this comes down to 
you know, coming into that office, being put yeah. in by a Republican in a in a blue county, um, filled an office filled with people who Scott Israel had handpicked, who were his yes. buddies forever, um, having to get rid of all of it them. Had to be tough, you know, and then having to, you know, it's he hasn't had an easy job. No, and but I, and I don't think he's done it the best way he can do it. But he did kind of right. figure this out. But I think it's that it's that lie that's going to get him because this. The the extracurricular activities, I I don't really care. <laughs> like, right. Yeah, it's it's, it's interesting. Not illegal. I yeah, mean, it's, yeah. Uh, it's that, definitely interesting. I don't know if, but it's right. I mean, some people will care. I mean, yes, some my mother would will care. care. My mother, you know, <laughs> right? The older generations will care and be like, "How could this happen?" But the problem um, too yeah. is that, like, you know, you have Scott Israel now who is walking around as if he's a martyr. Uh, being removed by a Republican, <laughs> right? And so I've seen him in several spaces talk about how bad it was that he was removed, and that's why people should elect him, right? right. Because and now he's got this. Yeah. Now he's going to say, "Look what the, look at who, this. Who the governor appointed. This yes. is why I need to be there, et cetera, right. et cetera." Well, he certainly, you know, if people wanted to see someone punished for BS for the the sheriff's deputies, really failing at, and not running in to save the children, then, you know, he was punished. Yeah. He, he was removed. He's having to do a do-over restart. And if people want to give him a second chance, you know, I mean, there are other people running too, mm -hmm. uh, but these two seem to have, you know, they're, they're collecting the most money and that sort of thing. Um, with, with Tony, I think, you know, what I have always been told is that when you're uh, going into law enforcement, um, the most important quality is honesty. And so mm. if you lie, even on the tiniest thing, yes. um, you are disqualified because then who's to say you wouldn't lie when you're filling out a form or something. I mean, you have other people's civil liberties in your hands and you have to be squeaky clean, honest. And so I said, you know, why not? You know, he's saying, well, I wasn't, arrested because I was put through this juvenile process and the word isn't arrested basically. Mm. Oh, he's, um, oh, so and he's I was quibble with language. <laughs> yeah. Right. And, and he was charged, but he says he wasn't. Um, so I said, well, even if we gave you the benefit of the doubt that these words were not the words used, yeah. um, why not just go above and beyond and be completely transparent? And the reason is, um, you know, he, 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 knew and he was right that he would not have been hired because the chief that hired him in Coral Springs, um, which gave him the only law enforcement background he has, mm -hmm. has said, I would not have hired him. So it's an interesting yeah. sort of social question because now you, I mean, does a person deserve a second chance? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I mean, there's a reason they do uh, throw away the juvie record yes. so right. that it's not held against you forever, but. Gosh, um, it's so it's, it's, it's complicated. It's, yeah, it's complicated. very complicated, and it's so Broward. Like that should just be called. Like <laughs> this is this is so Broward. Know. You know, because really at the end of the day, like I've been to forums with all the sheriff candidates, and those two kind of stand out as like these are the two people, the which runners, is what happens. Yeah. You know, yeah. when there's multiple candidates like that, and in my my vote like me going to vote i don't know what i'm doing i don't know what i'm doing because i don't i'm not a big <laughs> right. right like i'm not a big fan of either one i mean i don't know but these stories are so interesting with gregory tony and i feel like when when are we going to get somebody but and also like yeah with, that with, doesn't leave in the yes. cloud of yeah. <laughs> and also like Broward, there should there i'm sure that there was somebody at broward sheriff's office that desantis could have like 
pulled up? Like, why did you pull someone out of the middle of nowhere? You know, I mean, we know why, but like there, it really doesn't, right. it doesn't bode well for the department. And then also what's really great um, is DeSantis being like, I don't know who he is. Oh like, God, he's not my, my sheriff. Wasn't that <laughs> funny? Yeah. Um, yeah I, I don't know. The guy's not my sheriff, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah he only appointed him. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so I don't know what will happen. I mean, the, in just the last couple of days, um, there has been so much salivation on the part of people that want to see Tony removed. And they're mm-hmm. all saying, oh, the sheriff, the governor's going to appoint someone out. Oh, my gosh. And additionally, I've heard from Republicans that they're thinking, well, the Democrats are such a disaster mm. that maybe a Republican could actually win the sheriff's job. Mm. And so they're looking for somebody to run in November. So, oh, wow. Um, that would be yeah. amazing. That would be crazy. What <laughs> a story. Know, I know. Wow. I know. Oh, oh my gosh. So, um, yeah. do you have a favorite um, elected official that you've covered? Is there somebody who really like sticks out of like, I really like writing stories about this person? Well, I mean, Noggle was definitely, you know, right up there, not because I personally liked him, but just he was so colorful and controversial mm-hmm. and um, even, you know, before it ended in, you know, that giant um, explosion of bad publicity, <laughs> um, you know, there were just so many um, little things. Like one time, a, um, you know, he obviously was a divisive person and he had enemies, but someone in the, like, city commission offices wrote a poem about him that made fun of him and it was hilarious (laughs) i remember writing about it oh my gosh it was so funny um it just it was just such a funny time and fort lauderdale is just it's one of those cities where i mean the commission meetings are packed and the elections are like everyone's paying attention Mm and the you know you go to these election debates and they're they're full of people and so it just was it's such a pleasure to cover Fort Lauderdale because people just um you know they're so civically active and everything um so that just I really enjoyed you know I've covered Fort Lauderdale off and on you know for like the last 20 years but um that that whole era Mm. um was pretty um you know, entertaining. I mean, they have just endless, like, stupid things that they've done to try to get rid of homeless people. Oh, this is terrible. Um, What's happening? They yeah. just, dude, it's really dumb, yeah. um, some of the things they do. It's mind-boggling. Yeah. Um, and then spring break. You know, you, whenever you, like, <laughs> want a break from the politicians, you can go do a beach story and... Yeah. Awesome. You know? What a job. This is an awesome job. Yeah. Do you have like, a, hey, it's the elbow room anniversary? Oh, oh <laughs> the elbow room. Yeah, you have to cover that. Yes. Yeah. I mean, what a fixture. <laughs> do you have um a memorable story, maybe not that doesn't have anything to do with politics that you that will you'll ever forever remember? Yeah, I do. I when I was covering uh Fort Lauderdale um during that that era, um I it was like when video first started getting used on websites. Mm. And I don't know if you remember, but there was this product called the flip and it was this one of the first digital cameras and it had a USB that flipped out 
when you hit this button and that's why it was called the flip. And I was like, can I use this? And I, I got permission. I was so excited and I would go around and I would just interview homeless people in the city park mm, and wow. um, put their videos on YouTube, which by the way, they still get clicks because other homeless people go watch them. It's oh. interesting. But anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> I love you know, that. at the library, yeah, 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 they go, yeah, you know, um, so I just would ask them their story and, you know, I remember one was like this, she was a teenager and she was pregnant and living on the streets with her boyfriend. And anyway, I interviewed this guy who was living in the park and he, he was a Vietnam vet and, you know, he chatted with me, told me his name and I posted it and then someone watched it, looked him up and posted in the comments, this guy is a child murderer. <gasps> and so, yes, I didn't know. And wow. I was like, what? And so I looked, and yes, he had been in prison for like 15 years in uh, Wisconsin for raping and murdering mm. a little girl. Oh, my God. Only oh, my 15 gosh. 15 years? <laughs> 15 years, yes. Mm -mm. That is it. And so they had had sympathy on him because of his Vietnam service that he, oh. he was destroyed in Vietnam. Please. He came back, you know, a, a shell of a person and his brother had, um, well, so I was like, Oh my gosh. So I just started, I, I mean, I called the, the people involved in prosecuting the crime and the, I mean, I was so into the story. I went back and found him Oh wow! and I was like so scared, you know, because I'm like, I don't know. You know, he obviously yes. was a mentally ill person. And um, so, and I, I said, you know, I, I found out about that girl you killed. And oh, wow. which the videos are still online. They're, they're still, you know, up there. His name was Gary Kirpin. And um, he was like, yeah, what about it? You know, um, I did, I did my time. Oh my gosh. And, um, and he kept telling me to go away. And it's funny because the commenters were like, criticizing me i mean like they were like he told you to go yes thank you i'm a reporter like yes which side are you on <laughs> but um i just kind of want to i just kept saying like is there anything you want to say about this or um you know why are you is it should you be afraid that you're you know there's children around here and you're living in a park and um you know, and then he would be like, well, who are you, you weirdo? And um, it wasn't all there, but mm. like this whole story was so chilling. And I remember that his brother um, was the one that had told the detective I, that he thought, you know, that Gary had done it because he told him that that little girl had smiled at him mm. and that um, he was going to, I don't know, get her one day or something. Mm. Oh, Horrible. horrible, so horrible. Um, I just and so consequently, when you know, it was on the front page that this child murderer rapist is living right in the heart of downtown. I mean, one block from City Hall, mm. right outside the library. Yep. Oh my goodness. Um, right across from County Hall. I mean, you know, yes. he was there. He lived there. Um, they. Um, you know, took him and they, they said they got him services. I mean, who knows, but they yeah. said they were helping him. And, you know, as a veteran, you can get um, some help and services and maybe a place to live or something. Um, so they, 
they they did but i just i just never forgot it i mean you know everybody has a story um but it was i don't know it's hard to understand why after 15 years somebody could have freedom after doing something like that yes i i it's unimaginable Yeah, he's a shell of yeah. a person. That family's yes. never, that little girl's never coming home. Yeah. Holy yeah, cow. I know. Come on. The criminal I mean, I hate it. Like, what a mess. It's, a, it's so uneven. I mean, you yeah. could do, you know, one of the commissioners, Carlton Moore, he died not too long ago, but his son got life, like a life term for some stupid drug charges. Now, mm-hmm. he was, he had his sentence commuted when they finally in more recent, you know, couple years, they started commuting sentences of some mm-hmm. of these poor kids that were sent to prison for life Ugh. under these, um, you know, the street, three, three strikes, strikes and yeah. you're out or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but so here his son was doing life in prison and, you know, he died with his son still never released from prison oh, um, for drugs. And then you have this murderer rapist living a, yeah, a walking, block from city hall walking in a park where where awful yeah children yeah. are yeah it's incredible yeah so yeah i i have a question it's a, a little shifting gears a little bit but um i wanted to ask what your thoughts were about the american distrust in the media that's been cultivated recently and where you think it comes from and what do you think we can do about it well I feel there's no question in my mind that it comes from the president. Um, I mean, I really watched it uh, unfold at first. It was kind of funny that he started saying fake news and um, you know, it was a joke and people laughed about it and stuff, but I I just, um, now now it's a thing. There's people, you know, there's, I, I call them sheeple. There's certain people out there <laughs> that will just um, blindly follow like a sheep. And they, people are busy. They don't have time to research the veracity of every single thing that is said, especially if it's said by someone like a president. And I, you know, you know, a lot has been said about our president, but I'm just strictly talking about on this issue. Mm-hmm. Um, I really, a lot of people believe that what you know he was saying was true that that you know media makes up news um and is dishonest and you know there that may be true in some of new media which is blogs and um you know some of the non-traditional media that doesn't even claim to be neutral but the mainstream media um you know is not I mean, we have so much ethics training. I mean, that's if you're not honest, then you are not going to survive in a newsroom. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but it, it so it, it just bothers me. It's not funny at all anymore. Um, that I see people that even I'm friends with on Facebook will. I mean, I just saw someone claiming that um, that we're like really fueling this fear about COVID-19 because it's going to help, you know, like um, pay our bills or something. And I'm like, dude, this is destroying newspapers financially. Newspapers are closing. Why don't you Google, you know, look, look at, I mean, this is not helping us in the least. I'm sitting here in my 
front porch. We can't even go in our newsroom. Right. We have no advertisers. I mean, uh, we had people on furlough right now. I got a pay cut uh, mm. last week. Um, it's not helping us, you know, but so I don't know what to do about it. I personally try to, um, I mean, I think the best thing that we as journalists can do is not, is just try to, I don't know, live by example, basically, that um, I don't attack people in social media. You know, I just say, you know, ch check it out. Look a little deeper. Right. Read this. Um, you know, do some research because yeah, people do don't realize, else. look at another country that has state-owned media. Is that what you want? Mm, is that no, what you want? No. <laughs> because that is where we're going, you know? And I that also, is where we're going. I also think that with the fake news, like all these years of this now, these le years leading up to now we have this pandemic it's literally going to kill people, this idea of like not trusting the media. It's one thing to be like, it's fake news, yeah. it's fake news. But now it's so fake that people don't believe real um, instructions on how to stay healthy and safe and not get COVID-19. Yeah. Like it's, that's it's so, how dangerous it is now that people are believing fake and, news. And it's so irresponsible yeah. of, of people in positions It's like of we're power. going backwards. Like mm -hmm. when I was growing up, um, I took it for granted that like our, like the generation ahead of us had made sure that women could vote and mm. there's freedom of the press and all of these, and you know, a black person can be president and all these advancements. And you're thinking America is like, yeah, so progressive. Yeah. And what has happened? Like I, we have not, now we are going backwards. We are losing the institution of freedom of speech and freedom of the press for yeah, goodness sake I mean, the first amendment i mean <sighs> it, it, i just well, and you have it's just it's sad it's, it is it's sad, sad. It, it's even the 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 argument about immigrants too like the same thing you were just saying about all the when yes. i was raised to believe in this country usa is number one these are all the reasons and one of it is because you can come here and live whatever that american dream was like we are all from yeah, immigrants the, the streets and now the great american melting you know, pot yes right? and that I was mean, something to be so proud of and now immigrants are bad like when the hell did that happen like why is that yeah. even a thing it's so it's another way that it's going backwards it's so bizarre it's so bizarre it's weird it's yeah. weird i mean and i thought we witness. all agreed about what made us an uh, amazing great country yeah and i don't now i don't know what you know 10 years from now what we will we be i am i i fear for that oh i hate to end on this note this is a terrible <laughs> way to end this <laughs> sorry and i could talk to you forever but if we I don't know. end soon it won't be a little muck anymore i know yes thank you though <laughs> i really appreciate well you have platform. no idea we have no idea how much we appreciate you and your work and the sun sentinel i mean it's, it's a, incredible it is and, and so thank you so much i will say that we um recently uh just started getting the, the paper paper because we usually just do uh you know the the online but that's been the exciting thing and to see my kids with the comics yes yeah <laughs> was a fun thing uh, i this... love the paper paper yeah, so um <laughs> we we wanted to make sure to support because we've been hearing about during this time that it's been difficult for for journalism yeah, thank so. you thank you so much you're doing your part 
So we are so happy that you joined us. This was with Brittany Wallman of the Sun Sentinel. And um, and I'm glad there was a lady as our first guest, too, by yes. the way. Yes. Yeah. Girl power. That's right. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you for joining us, Brittany. Okay. All yeah. right. Take care, you guys. Bye. Bye bye. If you want to see any photos or take a deeper dive into our stories, please follow the episode notes on our website, themuckpodcast.fireside.fm, and be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Muck Podcast. To support The Muck Podcast, please visit our Patreon page. We have three levels of support and different goodies for each level, Muckraker, Policy Wonk, or Bleeding Heart. We can't do it without you. Music for The Muck Podcast, written and performed by Sean Doherty.